verses you want to pay attention to. Very few words. All it says is this. Be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. We're going to think about those verses just for a few moments here this morning. And we're especially going to think about verse 18 there. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. Now know this, when it says, be joyful, pray continually, give thanks, those are imperative commands. That means these are not suggestions, these are not good ideas to think about, these are not um, ideas maybe to consider, these are commands. They fall into the category of, son, go clean your room right now kind of command. They fall into the category of, we're 10 minutes late for Thanksgiving service, so get in the car right now. Okay, you don't debate them. You just do it, right? You just do it. So God, through Paul, is saying to all of us, here's my command. Don't argue, don't debate, don't discuss, just do it. Be joyful. Pray continually. Give thanks. Seems kind of strange, doesn't it? And it seems to me, first of all, none of us like to be commanded to do anything. <laughs> but how can you command somebody to feel something, right? Be joyful. If any of you have ever been parents and you've told your kids, now, Grandma, Grandma, come over, so be happy, right? It doesn't work. It doesn't work. You can't command a feeling, can you? You can't command feelings. Feelings, I tell people this often, feelings aren't right or wrong. Feelings just are right? Feelings come. You can't stop them. You can't control them. What you do with them matters. You can control that. But feelings just are. So how can, you, how can God command us be thankful? What if we're not feeling thankful? Well, maybe, maybe we need to think things differently because either the Bible is telling us to do something we can't do, which I doubt that's the case, or maybe we're misunderstanding what thankfulness is all about and what it really is. And maybe we need to change our understanding of thankfulness here this morning. Because we so often think of thankfulness as a feeling. I'm feeling thankful. I'm feeling grateful. It's that warm, fuzzy, contented feeling that you're going to have right after you eat your turkey this afternoon, right? That's thank the thankful feeling. It's a feeling that comes when we experience unexpected blessings and we feel thankful. It's a feeling that comes when we slow down long enough, like I hope we're doing today, to recognize and realize all that we have to be thankful for. Well, God is telling us here in these short words, he's telling us that there is more to thankfulness than this warm, fuzzy feeling. True thankfulness, he's saying, is not a feeling at all. True thankfulness is a choice. It's a decision. It's a, it's a spiritual discipline that he commands us to cultivate in our lives. So, so not just today on Thanksgiving Day, but every day we need to choose thankful if we're going to be obedient to God's command, right? To give thanks in all circumstances. We need to learn to choose thankful. 
So this morning, we're going to start together what I hope will be a lifelong process of developing that discipline of obeying God's command to choose thankful. Here's one thing that's going to help us do that. Those of you sitting at the end of the aisles, you're going to find a stack of bookmarks at the end of your aisle. I want you to take one down and pass it around. Pass it down the aisle. There's enough for everybody, kids, adults. I think we made plenty. So everybody take one of these bookmarks if you would. We're going to use them this morning. Because we need to know, first of all, on the top of that bookmark, you'll see give thanks in all circumstances, right? And on one side of your bookmark, it says we give thanks when things are going well. Turn to that side if you would. Because we need to be able to choose thankfulness when things are going well in our lives. And, you know, this should be the easiest command for us ever, right? Because we have so many good things. God has blessed us so richly. Our first world lifestyles, every single one of us here, our first world lifestyles are evidence that we have a God who is able to do immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine. He's doing it for you already. He's giving you so much grace, so much blessing. So I shouldn't have to say too much about about this piece. And yet, so often we choose discontent. So often we choose complaining over thankfulness. We find reasons in our lives to choose not to be thankful. One, One author I was reading this week as I prepared for this, he summarized it like this. He said, Whatever we do or say should be permeated with an attitude of thankfulness to God. Instead of whining and complaining, which our culture has raised to an art form, we are to focus on the goodness of God and his mercies towards us. Right? We have have been blessed with so much. God has been so generous to us, far beyond what we could ever deserve. And we forget. We wish for more. We, we forget what we have and we focus on what we don't have. We aren't satisfied. And our, our whining and complaining, our discontent and our dissatisfaction isn't only irritating to those around us and unhealthy for ourselves. It's disobedient. It's disobedient to God's command to us to give thanks. Our whining and complaining is a direct offense to God. And so I wondered, what would our lives look like if we set all that aside and we chose thankfulness instead? You know, there was an interesting article that caught my eye a couple weeks ago. I know some of you read it as well. Um, It was entitled, The Norwegian Secret to Enjoying a Long Winter. I don't know if any of you saw that article as well, but um, it was interesting. Winter's not my favorite season, okay? I'll admit that. I dread winter, and I find myself whining and complaining about winter. Well, this PhD student from Stanford decided that she was going to study this small city in northern uh, Norway, the city of Tromsø, because from from late November to late January, they are so far north that the sun barely cracks the horizon. So for all those months, they are living in the dead of winter, and there's snow, and it's cold, and it's dark, and they are happy. And she said, I gotta go figure out what's going on there. Because their, their satisfaction, their life satisfaction rate is extremely high. Their depression rate is extremely low. 
which I think would be just the opposite. So she went up there, and she lived there all winter long, and she went up with a question of, why aren't you more depressed? And she said, the answer I got from people is, why should we be? Why should we be? And so she, she, came, she watched them and how they lived their lives, and she noticed these things. She said, these people choose to celebrate the things that they can only do in winter. They make the choice not to avoid those, but they're going outside all the time. They're skiing all the time. They're doing whatever winter allows them to do all the time. They make that choice. She said, these people choose to experience these dark, bleak winter months in community. They host festivals for the whole city together. They go to each other's homes and they sit in front of the fireplace and drink hot chocolate together. She said, these people choose, she noticed that they choose to appreciate and talk about the beauty of winter with each other. What she found to be so different about the people of this small city in Norway is that they didn't complain. They didn't complain about the dark or the cold or the snow. And this is what she writes. Let me just quote her. She said, one of the things we do a lot of in the States is we bond by complaining about the winter. It's hard to have a positive wintertime mindset when we make small talk by being negative about winter. It's easy enough to change. Simply refuse to participate in the misery Olympics. It doesn't take that much to shift one's thinking. You can consciously try to have a positive wintertime mindset, and that might just be enough to induce it. She noticed they can make a choice. They did make a choice. They made a choice about winter. We can make a choice about our lives. We can choose to let our feelings of discouragement, of, of unsettledness, of wanting more, we can choose to let those feelings shape our mindset and be discouraged, be dissatisfied, or we can choose to let our mindset shape our feelings and be grateful and be thankful for all God has done. God has blessed us richly in so many ways. And we can choose to be thankful or we can choose to complain. So here's the first thing I want you to do this morning. On that little bookmark, we're going to spend just a few moments. Let's spend like 30 seconds in a time of silent prayer here. And on that bookmark, and I'm hoping you'll keep this bookmark, stick it in your Bible, stick it wherever you want to stick it. But I want you to think about, and maybe you have a writing utensil, you'll write it down, things in your life, the good things in life that you want to give thanks to God about. Maybe there are things that you have looked, overlooked, and you've been complaining, you've been dissatisfied, and you're going to say, you know, I'm going to choose thankfulness on this area. What are some of the good things that God wants you to be thankful for? So either think about what you're going to write down later, grab a pen, you can keep your eyes open if you want to be writing during this prayer, uh, but start to think about God's thankfulness. Would you pray with me? Father God, in these next few moments of silence, each one of us right where we're at is going to offer you our thanksgiving. We confess that we have been dissatisfied, that we like to complain, that we often wish that we had more. And in these moments, we're going to set those, those feelings of dissatisfaction aside, and we're going to give you thanks for the good things in life that you've given us. And we are going to choose thankful right now.
Father, our list could go on and on and on. And we're going to continue, hopefully, throughout this day, maybe around the Thanksgiving dinner table, to continue this list of thanksgiving for the good things you've given. And give us hearts and minds that are willing to continue this list far beyond today. Give us eyes that see your goodness, hearts that overflow with gratitude. In Jesus' name, amen. There's a second side to your bookmark because there's a second side of Thanksgiving here. Because if we're going to give thanks in all circumstances, if that's what God has commanded us, then we also need to choose thankful when life isn't so hot. When things aren't going exactly the way that we wish, right? I realize here on this Thanksgiving Day, this room is filled with people with all different feelings. Right? We're coming at different places in life. Some of us are sitting here filled with confidence, and some of us are filled with questions. Some of us are here, and we're healthy and strong. Some of us are sitting here battling disease. Some of us sit here filled with faith, and the songs that we just sang, our hearts just soar with faithfulness. And some of us sit here in doubt. And probably the songs that we sing, you're saying, I'm not sure I believe that. Some of us sit here, and as this we've reflected with that, with that bookmark, we've realized that our dreams have come true in so many ways. And some of us are sitting here saying, my dreams have been dashed. There's tough times, there's challenges in life. And notice that, that God, through Paul in this Thessalonians passage, commands us to be thankful in everything. He doesn't say be thankful for everything. Because not everything in your life and in my life and in this world is noble and right and pure and lovely and admirable. There are some things in this life that are just plain wrong. There are some things in your life that have come because evil is in this world and brokenness is here and it's just wrong. And yet, God's command here doesn't come with any qualifiers. It doesn't say, give thanks in most circumstances, except for the times when life is really hard. It says, give thanks in all circumstances. Those things in life, those challenges in life, do not have the power to steal thankfulness. God doesn't give them that power, and we should not give them that power. Even in the midst of those challenges, God says, I'm at work. Even in the midst of those challenges, I will redeem them. I will use them for good. And so even in the midst of the, the, the hurts and the pains and they're real in our lives, we can look and say, God, I'm thankful for your presence through this time. God, I'm thankful for your grace through the challenges. God, I'm thankful for a community of believers that is walking with me through this. God, I'm thankful I'm not thankful for this hurt, but I'm thankful for the character that you're building in me. I'm thankful for the faith that you're strengthening in me. I'm thankful for the trust that I'm finally learning when I know I can't do it on my own. I'm thankful, God, that through this, you are assuring me of your salvation, of your grace, and of eternity that is to come. Even in the midst of those painful moments, we give thanks. And I'm not going to deny for a moment here that this is the hard part of choosing thankfulness. This is the difficult part, the disciplined part of learning gratitude. It will take a spiritual effort on our part, on my part and your part, to give thanks to God for his blessings that are in disguise. 
It takes spiritual effort to trust God completely enough to give thanks in everything. You know, I'm still learning this lesson. I, I, I learned it just a little bit again a couple years ago um, in my own experience. And everybody's experience is different. But, but here's what happened to me. I, 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 obviously, many of you know, if you haven't noticed yet, I was born with a cleft lip and palate. Uh, eight, nine surgeries now. It's been nine surgeries to, to work through it, growing up with a cleft lip and palate. And I've been invited over the last three years to speak to the master's level course of speech pathologists at Calvin College. I know the professor. And she said, will you come and will you just speak to the class about what it's like to grow up with a cleft lip and palate? Because they're going to be working with kids like you. But uh, somebody here was in that class and heard me speak last year. Um, and so I tell my story every time, and it's a privilege to be able to do that. And I always end by, by just saying, do you have any questions for me? I'm open to questions. And usually there's a few questions here and there, those who are brave enough to, to ask a question to, to scare me. And a couple years ago, one young lady asked a question I totally did not expect. She looked at me and she said, if you had the choice and could choose to do it all over again, and you, you could choose to be born without a cleft lip and palate, what would you choose? I had never thought of that before. I had never thought of that question. I actually sat down for a moment, and I said to the class, I said, if I had the choice to do it all over again, I wouldn't change a thing. Not because I liked the pain, not because I really enjoyed nine surgeries and the recoveries that come afterwards, not because I enjoyed having you know, a birth defect on my face, in the middle of your face, and you can imagine what it's like in middle school and high school with that, right? I mean, my experience was pretty good, so don't feel too badly for me, but it's not the easiest. Not because I would choose to be broken that way, but because through this, God made me who I am. And if God took that away, I wouldn't be who I am today. And I'm thankful. I realized, it took me, what, 43 years to realize that I'm thankful for what God has done in me through that. We all have our challenges, our disappointments, our sorrows in life, and some of them are bigger than that, the heartbreaks that we have. And God knows that they hurt. He didn't promise us that, that we wouldn't have challenges in life. Jesus himself said, in this world you will have trouble. Okay, expect it. But he went on to say, but take heart, I have overcome the world. I'm going to win. I'm going to turn that trouble for good. And so where is it that God is working in your life? And you can say, God, I'm not thankful for this trouble. I'm not, I'm not thankful for the hurt because it's evil, it's broken, it's bad. I'm thankful that you're working in me through it. I'm thankful that you're growing me through it. I'm thankful that you're using it to shape me into your child. And I'm not going to let this trouble steal my hope. I'm not going to let this trouble, this challenge, steal my thankfulness to you, God. So on this side of your bookmark, this one's going to be a little more challenging. I'm going to give you a few moments in prayer again to think about the challenges in your life. And I don't expect you to be thankful for that challenge. But maybe you'll begin the spiritual discipline this morning of looking at that challenge and saying, God, here's where I see you working. Here's where I see you shaping me through this. And I'm thankful for that. So we're going to pray again. Time of silence. You're welcome to have your eyes open. If you want to write something now, you're welcome to do that. Let's pray.
God, in this broken world, you have challenged us to choose thankful. And we can only do that because you are hard at work in our lives. You never leave us. You never abandon us. The bad things that happen in this world, the hurts in our lives, yes, they're real. And you are just as real. Your grace is just as real. Your strength is just as real. Your hope, your assurance, your salvation is just as real. And Father, sometimes, sometimes the most dramatic spiritual growth happens through the challenging times. And so in these next few moments, we're going to reflect on those times, Father. And we're going to look for you, your purpose, and your work. And we give you thanks. Father God, we've just begun. You have given us the command. You've commanded us to choose thankful. And so starting today, we commit ourselves to beginning to learn how to choose thankful in all circumstances. Thank you, Father, for giving us the ability, for giving us your presence, for working in our lives, so that in all circumstances, in all circumstances, we can give thanks to you, our great God. Amen.